Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Amen. Praise God. Are you ready for the word today? We're going to pray and then we're going to dive in. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity for, to invest in children. Thank you for the huge blessing that the kids are. We want to pray for Christy, who's in hospital right now. Um, for those that don't know, her temperature's up and the heartbeat went up and down with the baby and she nearly got rushed in for a cesarean, but they're not doing that. So just pray for Christy in this week. She's our youth pastor. She's having a kid. Anytime. So far, maybe it's happened. Does anyone know? No. We want to pray, Lord, for Christy. We want to pray for Andrew and this little baby. We pray, Lord, that, um, that you make everything right, that your baby will be healthy, Christy will be healthy. It'll be a natural birth and it will come quick. In Jesus' name we pray. And as we come to your word, Lord, that you would speak to us. May we have ears open, hearts open to hear from you. May you challenge us and transform us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I want to speak to you about God's invitation. Everyone say God's invitation. God's invitation. I'm going to speak to you about God's invitation. But before we hit that, I want to share with you some of the invitations that I've been given over the years. The first one is when I was a young kid. I would have been 13 years of age. And throughout my early years, I, I played soccer. And how good were the Matildas last night, by the way? Who watched, who watched the game? Who watched the game? Matildas? Hands down. Who didn't watch the game? Boo-hoo. Yeah, boo-hoo. Uh, Wednesday night, semi-final. Make sure you're watching that. Awesome. Go to Matildas. Is it okay to pray for the Matildas? Yeah. <laughs> Some of us pray for the some of us pray for the Matildas. Anyway, so as as a, as a young kid, I played soccer, and one day, I was invited to kick a soccer ball in a park, not on a team, but in a park, with the striker of the Socceroos. True story. This is him. He's anyone know his name? So this is the young version. When when I kicked the soccer ball with him, this he's now the coach of the Socceroos, the male team. And, I, and that was an invitation that I had that day, and it was lots of fun and a thing that I've never forgotten. And how did that happen? My mum is related to him. So I'm related a long distance. So mum set it up. She's here. Mum, thank you for that set up. Never forgotten it. It was a pretty cool day. A, uh, a, another invitation was a very special one where I, where I got to meet this person. Notice the person on your far right. His name's Sam Riley. And on a day I got to meet him. Nah, not Sam Riley. He's awesome. The guy in the middle, John Maxwell. Anyone know John Maxwell? Yeah, I got to meet him in Hillsong Conference. That was awesome. Hi, I'm John Maxwell. Talks like that. Maybe not like that. That's what I remember. That that was a pretty good time. But it's not just things that we're invited to, um, that I've been invited to. I've also invited. I remember some 20 years ago at Cronulla. This is my version of events, apparently. My wife said it didn't happen like this, but this is my version where I got down on one knee and I said to my girlfriend, Michelle, will you marry me? And she said, about time. No. She said, of course. And we've uh, been married for almost 20 years, almost 18. I don't know how long it's been. Just all those years just go on and on. I'm not sure. Doesn't it? Just goes on. What a, what a privilege. And we're all invited to baby dedications. We're invited to weddings. We're invited to parties. We're invited to many things in life. And some of those invitations, you go, wow, that's awesome. And sometimes you get an invitation and you go, ah, oh, what should I do? Anyone relate to that? Not many hands. That's very good, you guys. Very loving and gracious. 
But, but, but none of those invitations compare to God's invitation for you. You know, God is inviting you and God is inviting me to play a part in his story. You know, God who created this earth, who is one day going to send Jesus back to sort everything out and we're going to have heaven and it's going to be a place with God forever, right? But in this meantime, God has a plan and a purpose for his humanity. And God is seeing his plan and his purpose outworked. And his plan and his purpose is that all of, all of that God has created, all the people on the planet, would celebrate his son Jesus. That's what it's about. That everyone, all of creation, would celebrate his son Jesus. And God invites me and you to take our part, our place, in seeing God's purpose and plan fulfilled. Now that starts when we firstly commit our life to Jesus. That's, that, that's the first step. And that's the invitation that God gives each one of us. The Bible says that we're all far from God because of our sin, and we deserve eternal death. Hence we sang, hell lost another one. Hell, eternity, separated from God. But God loved me, and God loved you. And he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and rise from the dead in order to have our sin forgiven, God's wrath appeased, that we may have a relationship with God and spend eternity with him. That's the first step in saying yes to God's invitation. But that is the first step. See, once you're in God's family, once you're in God's kingdom, then God has more for you. That's just the beginning. God then invites you for you to play your part in what he's doing across the earth. He wants you to shine the light of Jesus in your workplace, in your street. He wants you to represent him in your university, in your school, wherever you're among friends, family, people you know. God's inviting you to present him and Jesus to the world around you. It's an incredible invitation. It's the greatest invitation that any of us could have. But regularly, lots of people say, no, or lots of people don't step in to what God has for them. People do not say yes to God's invitation. And God is asking us to not just follow him, but to be a part of his plan and be part of his purpose. And so let me ask you today, are you saying yes to God's invitation? Not just the day you became a Christian, but today, when God says, I want you to share your faith with this person. I want you to give financially to transform Cambodia or whatever God tells you to give to. Are you shining the light of Jesus in your street, with your neighbours, in the workplace, in the schools, in the universities? Are you doing that? Because lots of people don't. Lots of people make excuses why they can't. And if that's where you're at today, you're not alone. There's an incredible man in the Old Testament, a guy named Moses, who came up with many excuses about saying no to God. And we're going to look at four excuses that Moses had to saying yes to God's invitation today. Let me give you some context. So we're second book in the Bible, the book of Exodus. We're about 1,500 years before the birth of Jesus. God's people have been in captivity for 400 years in Egypt. And God has a plan, and he's already promised to Abraham and his descendants that God has a plan, uh, a land for them. So God speaks to Moses, and he says, I'm going to get my people who are in slavery my people who have been crying out to me, I'm going to rescue them 
from that land under the slavery of the Egyptians, and I'm going to bring them to the place that I have prepared for them. Moses left Egypt about 40 years earlier, and he is um, looking up. He's now 80 years old. Anyone 80 years old here? Anyone 80? Nearly? Is that a nearly? He's, he's, he's looking after sheep and flocks at the age of 80. And then in Exodus chapter 3, he sees a bush that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. He goes and checks it out, and God speaks to him from this bush. And as we go to Exodus chapter 3, we pick up part of the story, verse 7 and 8. I want to read you, these, read you to these two verses. The Lord God speaks to Moses and says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. They're in slavery. So I have come down to rescue them. Friends, God is a rescuing God. He rescues us from sin. He brings freedom to our lives. God's the one who rescues us. So I come down to rescue them and from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Awesome. Moses is thinking, that sounds great. You're going to go and rescue, because he was, he, was he was one of the Jewish people, the Hebrews, and he left 40 years ago. God is going to go rescue his people. Great. They've been beat up. They've been in slaves. They're working too hard. They've been treated poorly. But then, two verses later, God says this. So now go. I am sending you, Moses. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, I, just, I wonder how you would respond to that. You know, when God invites us to something, when you've been invited by God to do something, how do you respond? Is it a, yes, wooey, or is it a, hmm, better get some confirmations, or, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that, or somewhere along that strip? How do you respond? For me, if I'm Moses... And God has asked me to go and rescue. So how many people were there? Like when they came out of Egypt, there were 600,000 men, plus women, plus children, plus there would have been two or three million people. God has asked Moses to go and bring three million people out of the land of Egypt to the land, the land flowing with milk and honey. How would you feel about that? For some of us, we go, yes, Sam's going, yes, let me at it. But, other, but others obviously aren't so entrepreneurial, that's a big word, entrepreneurial thinking, oh dear, that's way scary. Who's scared by that? Who's fully excited by that? Few people fully excited by that. Let's go get them. But then Moses is thinking, no, 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 that's like way too hard. And so he comes up with four excuses. And the first excuse that Moses comes up with, which is an excuse that we often come up with, when God asks us to do something, is this. Moses says, I'm not good enough. This is what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? God, I'm a nobody. God, I'm not good enough. Because God surely only uses people like Con Michael who has it all together, who's perfect in every area, who's a wonderful husband, who's a wonderful father, who's a wonderful provider. Your wife hasn't said amen yet. A wonderful, <laughs> amen, right? Wonderful. Surely God only used Con Michaels. But it's not true, is it? God uses everyday, ordinary, broken people like me 
and broken people like, if I may, you. He uses ordinary people. People who have people who have a past. So Moses no doubt looked back over his life and remembered what he did. So 40 years earlier, the reason he left Egypt is because he murdered an Egyptian. He murdered someone. And not only did he murder someone, the Pharaoh finds out about it. And so Pharaoh goes after Moses, trying to capture him. So Moses, Moses flees. He's a fugitive and goes to a new country. And he hides there. And for 40 years, he's hiding, looking after sheep. And then God speaks to him. Moses had a past. And now that he looks back and says, God, who am I? I'm a nobody. I, I haven't got it all together. And you might feel that way too. You might look back over your life and go, man, I stuffed that up. And, and I got that wrong. And I treated that person poorly. And, 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 and you might think you're not good enough. But look what God says to Moses straight after he says, who am I? Verse 12. And God said to him, I will be with you. See, we are broken and none of us have got it all together. But when God comes alongside us, he makes up for any brokenness, for any failure. He makes up for all of it. And we can do the thing God wants us to do in our brokenness because he is with us. Amen? One of my heroes, here he is, um, one of the heroes that I have. Oh, we lost him. Where's my picture going, my brother? But there he is, Reinhard Bonnke. He's a man who led a ministry called Christ for All Nations. Through his ministry, 72 million, not 100, not 1,000, million people committed their life to Jesus. An incredible man. He's now passed away. And, and, and one of the crusades, I was watching him on YouTube or something, obviously. I wasn't there. And he tells a story about him growing up. And he thought he was not good enough. He, he grew up in Germany. And in Germany, if you weren't good enough, you were described as a zero. He said, people called me a zero in his German accent, which I can't do. He goes, I wasn't the best at mass. I wasn't the smartest at school. My dad, who was a pastor, said that the eldest son was going to take over the church, not me, because I was known as the naughty boy. I was the naughty boy, not the smartest, not the best at school. I was known as a zero. But then, but then I met Jesus. And when you come alongside the one, Jesus, you become a 10. Amen? Become a 10. We're all broken. None of us are good enough. But when God, Jesus, comes alongside us, he gives us everything that we need to do the thing that he wants us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Excuse number one, I'm not good enough. The second excuse that we often use and Moses uses is this. We don't know the one who is inviting us. We don't know the one who is inviting us. Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Moses said to God, Moses says to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they will ask, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? Verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am whom I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. When God says I am, it means he is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He has no beginning. He has no end. He is I am. He's the man. He is, I am. No, no one or nothing. Nothing compares with him. No one compares with him. 
He's so extraordinary and so powerful. And one of the things, one of the reasons Moses wasn't willing to step out, and one of the reasons we're not willing to step into the things that God has for us, is because we don't know the one who is calling us. We don't know how faithful he is. We don't know how powerful he is. We don't know that he's going to provide for us. We get nervous because if I do these things, what will God do? What will God do? But the reality is we have nothing to be afraid of because God is all-powerful. He sees the end in the, from the beginning. There's a, script, there's, a, there's a phrase that says this. It's a, I think I made it up or someone made it up. I don't know. Here it is. The more you know him, the more you trust him. The more you know someone, the more you trust them. The more I know my wife, the more I trust my wife. The more I know God, the more I trust God. And the more I trust him, the more likely I am to step out into the things that God has for me to do. Because he knows that if it goes wrong, he'll catch me. That he's with me, that he's for me. You know, some people start the Christian journey and then somewhere along the way, well, they start the Christian journey passionate about God and serving God in their church, in their community, in their workplace, serving God, being a beacon of light, and then for some reason they fall asleep. They're a Christian, but the light sort of dims and they're not proclaiming and they're not showing and they're not serving and, and, they, and they fall asleep. That's because they've lost sight of who he is. But God's plan and his purpose for humanity hasn't stopped. God is still working. He's still drawing people to himself. He wants more and more people to celebrate his son, Jesus. And we mustn't lose sight of that. And if you're a Christian and you've fallen asleep and you're not serving God in your local church or if you're not invested in your community or in your school or in your university or your workplace, whatever it is, you may have gone to sleep. Wake up today. Remember who he is. Get to know him at a deeper level. And that will motivate you to take your place. And accept his invitation. Number two. Number three. Another reason why we hold back from stepping into God's invitation. This is another issue that Moses had. It's fear of the unknown. When you say yes to Jesus, God, God, we are stepping into a plan. We are stepping into his plan for our lives. And the reality is we don't know where God's going to take us. He doesn't give us the blueprints of our life. He just gives us the next step. And when we say yes to God and we do that, then he gives us the next step. And then he gives us the next step. And as we step, we are regularly stepping into the unknown. And because it's unknown, there can be regularly fear attached to us stepping out. Look what, Mo- look what happens in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, but what if, has anyone asked the question, what if, catastrophizing, What if this happens? What if this happens? It's all the unknown. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Surely he didn't appear to you. Moses was concerned about what what if this happens. And it might be the same with you. One of your hesitancies of saying yes to God is you're concerned about will people listen? How will they treat me? Let, let, Let me change it. What if they don't listen? What if they start treating me poorly? What if I run out of money? What if I haven't got the support? What if it all falls apart? What if, you know, when God, when, when, when Moses says this to God, what if straight after that, God says to Moses, take your staff and throw it onto the ground? 
And as Moses does that, God changes into a snake. And then Moses, he's very courageous, picks up a snake. I wouldn't be doing that. Picks up the snake, and then it turns back into the staff. So God, what God is saying is all this what if. Don't worry about all the what ifs, because I have power over a snake. I have power over staffs. I can, I can change that. And if I can change that, I can look after you. I can provide for you. I can guide you. I can protect you. I can lead you. Let's not be afraid of the unknown. Let's not allow that to hold us back for what God has for us. Fourth thing, final thing. It's another thing that holds us back from saying yes to God's invitation. And it was another thing that Moses, that was holding him back, was that it was focusing on your, our lack of ability. We look at our skill set and we say, God, you could not possibly use me. Look at Exodus 4.10, says this. Moses says to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Moses had a speech impediment. How can I go and speak to the king, the pharaoh of Egypt? How can I communicate your message so clearly to all the people and all of them to get on board and cast vision about leaving what they know for the last 400 years to go into a land we're not exactly sure where we're going and we haven't got houses to go to. We're going to move in tents and we're going to take 3 million people plus sheep and cattle and food and oh my goodness, how's he going to communicate that? And this is what God says in verse 12. Now go... I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. That's what the Lord says. Go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. So you can look at all your weaknesses, that you don't talk well or you're not the smartest or not great at maths or you're scared of public speaking or you're not good at strategy or not good at structure or not a visionary or whatever. And we can think, God, you couldn't possibly use me. But what God says to Moses, he says to you, go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Go, God will teach you what you need to know. He will give you what you need in order to do the thing that he wants you to do. I look at my life, and I think to myself, well, I'm not the smartest. I often talk too fast. I'm not the tallest, unless I'm in Cambodia. I wasn't great at sport. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the most creative. I'm not the most influential. I, I, I tried out for school captain in primary school, didn't get it. I tried out for house captain. And it was like one of 10 kids, and I didn't get it. And then I went for prefect. I didn't get it. A high school, I didn't get it. Everything I went for around that, I was not voted in by my peers. Oh, who was that? Was that you, Angie? Oh, yeah, Stephen wouldn't have made that noise. It was Stephen like, man up, brother, man up. That's what Stephen would have said. And that's good too, Stephen. We need to man up, don't we? Be strong and courageous. And you know what? I'm, I'm nothing special. But God invited me. And it was about saying, yes, God. And over the last 16 years of leading this church, wow, I learned a lot of things. I've learned how to lead. I've learned how to communicate. I've learned how to love. I've learned how to... God has taught me along the way. Don't allow your lack of skills to hold you back from what God wants you to do. In this message, Annabelle, now's the time if you're here. There you are. Come on down, Annabelle. We've looked at four excuses. Number one, I'm not good enough. Number two, we don't know the one who is inviting us. Number three, 
Fear of the unknown. Number four, focusing on our lack of ability. You know, the reality is God is inviting you. He's inviting you. Is that for me, Jane? Oh, you're so kind to hear my crackly voice. You know why I got a crackly voice? Because at the 9 o'clock service, I was singing so loud that it hurt my throat. I didn't warm up. I was so excited to be in worship. Thank you, Jane. That's great. You know, God is, God is inviting us to join him in what God's doing on the earth. He's inviting us to shine the light of Jesus, to love people, to share the message of Jesus, to love people, to care for people, to serve people, to give, and all the things that God wants us to do. And as we live that life, you know what? It is your best life. We think we know what's best for our lives. We think we do. We really don't. The one who made you, the one who designed you, the one who sees the end from the beginning, the one who sees it all, he knows what's best for your life. And as you align yourself with what he wants, you're setting yourself up for your best, your very, very best life. It doesn't mean everything's going to be great because we live in a fallen world and there's suffering and there's brokenness and there's sickness and we're not immune from that. But we live a life that influences others for the name of Jesus where we point people to him and he is celebrated and that's what God's all about, seeing people celebrate his son Jesus. So today, are you willing to say, yes, God? Yes, God, I'm in. Let's stand together. I'm going to invite the band to come forward. Thanks, Aiden. Come on, band. Come quickly, please. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray. God, we want to thank you for your invitation. We want to thank you that you invite us to be part of your story. Wow, what a privilege. Better than playing soccer with the Socceroo. Better than meeting Sam Riley or John Maxwell. Better than... Even my engagement, inviting my wife to be married, better than all that, it's saying yes to you. And God, no doubt there's people here today and those watching online, there's people here who've never committed their life to Jesus. You've never accepted God's invitation. And if you want to do that today, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I encourage you to pray this prayer after me. I'll pray a line. You can pray a line. And it's simply thanking God for what he's done for you, recognizing, telling him that you've got it wrong and you're sorry, and you you want to follow him. If you want to do that today, I'd encourage you to pray this prayer after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you've become a Christian. Welcome to the family. We want to help you grow in your walk with God. Please tell me or someone who invited you today that you've made that commitment. But then that's the first step in the journey like I've shared. That God's inviting us to step out for Him, stepping into the unknown. He doesn't want us to look back at all our failures and our past or our skill set and how we think we're not good enough. He wants us to look to Him and get to know Him deeply and personally and our trust in Him will grow so when He speaks... And when he asks, we say, yes, God, I am in. So if you're here today and you want to say, God, I'm in, I want to serve you the rest of my life. I just want you to lift your hand, one hand. Just say, God, I'm in. I'm in. 
Father, I want to pray for every person with a hand raised. Father, I pray that you would give them opportunities to say yes to you. Father, I pray that you would speak to them, that you would, as they open your word, that the scriptures will be clear as you give them promptings, Lord, by your Holy Spirit in their belly, Lord, that they would know the things you want them to do. And they will say yes to you, God. We will not be people who make excuses or think we're not good enough or look at our lack, but God will look at you and know that you are with us, that you are for us, that you're our guider, that you're our guide, you're our provider, that you're our strength and that you're our joy. Father, we choose you today. We choose you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's sing together. Amen. Let's worship him. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.